You are now listening to The Nosebleeds with your hosts, Corey Johnson and Kush Parikh. Be sure to check us out weekly on Tuesdays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social media to stay up to date with the podcast on Twitter at the underscore nosebleeds. That's K-N-O-W-S bleeds on Instagram at the nosebleeds and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the nosebleeds. Face all your fears, then get at me. There's so many donuts on them back streets. Sit so high in the nosebleeds. Feel like I can fly. Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome back to the Nosebleeds Podcast. That's K-N-O-W-S. Bleeds is your boy. You already know it's your boy, Kush. And I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Corey Johnson. Corey, how you doing? What, what, what? Yep. Corey in the building. You already know what it is. Yes, sir. Happy to be back on this St. Patrick's Day. Hope y'all wearing green out there. If you're not, somebody probably going to pinch you. <laughs> but I always, I always hated those people that were just like, "Hey, you're not wearing green, bruh, you right quick." Like, tell oh, me about on. it, bro. Like, I'm so glad that like nobody's gonna be doing that this year because like COVID and all that. Because I'm like, bro, imagine <laughs> like even like when there was no COVID, there were so many things like people just would do. This like you're entering my personal space. Please, it's crazy God. how you see it now. It's like you're way more cautious or like it's <laughs> exactly. way more noticeable. It's like, damn, that's some weird shit. It is. It's like, what, what were people thinking? Like, you just randomly pension people? For real. No, but yes, like Corey said, happy St. Patrick's Day. And you know, St. Patrick's Day falls in the month of March. And you know, March is filled with a lot of madness. So let's get into it because we got March Madness starting this thursday and first of all we're gonna get into some of the matchups and some of our predictions and all that but could we talk about how there's gonna be no duke or kentucky in march madness the first time since 1976 it is kind of insane to say that and kentucky second most titles with eight of them their last one that they won was in 2012 with anthony davis michael kidd gilchrist who did go one and two in that draft as well they beat kansas in the national championship game and then duke tied for fourth most with five national championships their last one in 2015 they had jaleel oak Ford, justice winslow tyus jones quinn cook and they beat wisconsin in the national championship game but man is it it's gonna be real weird not seeing that blue duke or that blue kentucky Corey. yeah man i agree with you i mean when you think of like, those are the staples as far as NCAA. I mean, literally the last time we had an NCAA tournament, you had Zion Williamson going crazy. and <laughs> I still don't know how that team did win it. I, it was it was crazy to me, man. Like, uh, I was surprised that they made it that far. I thought that they could have got knocked out against uh, Central Florida with my, bo- my boy Taco. or in Boston, Taco Fall. But... I mean, it, it was just insane that they had those three guys, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Zion. And literally, uh, it felt like it felt like like such a weird college basketball season because everybody was talking nonstop about Zion, 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 that you would have felt that they would have had to at least make it to the championship game. But shout out to Cassius Winston and Michigan State. They said, no, no, sir. No, sir. All right, let's get into some of our predictions. Let's go, you know, with what everybody wants to hear, the biggest upset prediction in the first round. Corey, what upset are you predicting to happen in the round of 64? 
Man, it's it's I got two upsets for y'all that y'all are gonna have to pay attention to. And then the first one is over in the east bracket in the east region, and that is the number 12 seed Georgetown taking down Colorado. I feel like Georgetown's the hottest, if not like absolutely the hottest team entering into the tournament. Like they went on a crazy run to even make it into the NCAA tournament. The fact that they're uh, that they were able to win the Big East tournament, winning games as an eighth seed in the tournament. Like they were considered an afterthought in their own conference. Everybody thought this team was going to be an absolute nobody, but shout out to this team and shout out to their head coach, Patrick Ewan, man. He was able to really lead this group of young men. And I don't know if it was the fact that John Thompson passed away, RIP John Thompson, but man, this team just had this will to win and this refusal to go away. And looking at how Colorado finished out their season and how they came up against Oregon State and surprisingly lost in the Pac-12 championship, I mean, Colorado has a really tough matchup and if they take this team lightly, they could be going home early. The second matchup that y'all gonna have to look for is number five seed Creighton up against number 12 seed UC Santa Barbara in the West region. I'm telling y'all right now, Santa Barbara is legit. They have a very, very, very top tier studded player. Um, and they have a very nice, they have really good guard play. They have guys who can go out and get buckets. They have guys who can pound it in down low, that old man game. You know, they have dudes that can, you know, get uh, layups inside, putbacks, rebounds. They have just straight up hustlers. And Creighton, man, um, as I mentioned with Georgetown, Georgetown in their final game against Creighton, they just made Creighton look like a complete afterthought. So, I mean, Creighton's going to have to really step up. They're going to have to make sure they're hitting shots, playing lockdown defense. Otherwise, they could be going out to the big uh, Big West champions in UC Santa Barbara. And I just feel like both Santa Barbara, both Georgetown, those are some tough teams that nobody really would want to come up against, especially as 12 seeds. And I feel like those are the teams that are going to get some upsets in the first round. Well, my biggest upset is I'm right there with you with Georgetown versus Colorado. I mean, you said it. Patrick Ewing and the Hoyas are the hottest team coming into this NCAA tournament. And if you looked at their season, they had lost four straight and then they had a bunch of COVID problems. But then since that, they've been 10 and three in that stretch. And they've been one of the hottest teams in the NCAA and I mean, they're playing a team from the Pac-12, Colorado. And to be honest, the Pac-12 has not impressed me this season. They haven't really me either, convinced bro. me at all. So, I mean, but Colorado is a good team given they, they play mistake-free basketball. They're good on both sides of the ball. But like you said, against Oregon State, they struggled offensively, um, especially only shooting 31% from the three-point line. So, I mean, and, and right now. The Hoyas offense is hot, especially coming off of their Big East championship run, literally winning four games in four days. So it, it, it's insane to think about that. And they're they're one of the better rebounding teams in the entire NCAA, especially on the offensive end as well, too. So, I mean, if they can get hot and they can limit their opponents, I could definitely see them upsetting the Buffaloes. But and also, plus, Colorado has lost their last three tournament openers, two of them, which they were the favorite. So they're going in as a favorite again. 
and they've lost their last three. So is this going to be number four? Me and Corey are both predicting that it is going to be number four for them. Let's talk about sleeper teams in the tournament. What's your sleeper team, Corey? Uh, I feel like LSU is a, a team at that AFC spot uh, that are some dogs. For an AFC, that is a really dog team. Like, they play tight defense. They just are a team that you are going to have a nightmare as far as facing against them, and they do not – whatsoever let up as far as the the intensity so if you are not on your a game you you can catch you can catch the tigers mauling y'all for at least at least the entire game so i mean lsu is no joke whatsoever i feel like they're a team that you know at that a spot if they come up against michigan in the second round I feel like they could give them some problems, especially with Michigan having issues down the stretch of this season. I think everybody is just penciling Michigan kind of in as a uh, a Sweet 16 or Final Four type team. And I'm just thinking like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know. I don't know if Jawan Howard and the Wolverines are, are going to be able to go on a run, especially with the injuries that they sustained and also the, the poor uh, run that they've gone on recently. So I feel like Michigan is 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 – a little bit, I don't want to say overrated, but I think everybody kind of needs to, to pump the brakes with maybe saying that Michigan is a guarantee to get to the Final Four. And I feel like LSU is that team that could really go ahead. If you look at their, the only team that I would say in the East that would probably give them some serious issues would probably be Alabama uh, at the number two spot. But other than that, any uh, any team that they come up against, they can go head to head with, no problem. Yeah, this was a tough one for me. LSU was definitely on my radar, but I'm going to go with the six-seeded USC Trojans. They have a superstar in Evan Mobley, who's going to be a top pick, hands down. Has to be. Has to be. He won the Pac-12 Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. He's the first player in Pac-12 history to do that and is only the second player in major conference to do that. The other player... Anthony Davis, oh, who just happened to go on and win an NCAA tournament in his one and only year. So, I mean, they, they're going to have a tough path. They, they're going to have to but, – but I think it's doable. They, I think they're going to beat Wichita State. They can beat Kansas. I think they can upset Iowa. I think they can make it all the way to the Elite Eight. But then they, I have a feeling they're going to go up against Gonzaga. And I think I have them losing to Gonzaga. But then again, it is Gonzaga. You never know with them. Especially, but, um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, alongside Evan Mobley, they got his brother Isaiah. So, and, <laughs> and, and those two guys are helping hold opposing teams to just under forty-two percent from inside the three-point line. So they are some dogs down low, and they're going to be a defensive nightmare for teams that have to face them. And but my main concern with this team is outside of Evan Mobley, offensively, can they produce? Because if right. they take away Mobley, it's that they're really going to be you know, stuck. And and we've seen teams that have double teamed Evan Mobley very, very hard. So it's going to be tough for them, but I can definitely see USC getting hot at the right time and surprising a lot of people and upsetting their way into the elite eight final four. I'm not going to say all that, but I, I definitely think they can make it into the elite eight. Let's talk about the favorites to win it all. Who do you have, Corey? Uh, I think but people will say the favorite is Gonzaga, but I feel like there's so much weight on Gonzaga. Gonzaga to me 
has that chip on the shoulder that that Kentucky team that had the Harrison twins and uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Willie Collingstein. Like that team was looking like they were dead set, about to go to the championship, play against Duke and what should have been a really legendary matchup between Jalil Okafor, Carl Anthony Towns, and and you would expect both Duke and Kentucky to go head to head. John Calipari, Coach K. But also, uh, being... don't forget Devin Booker was coming off the bench for Kentucky exactly. as well, too. Exactly, that's what's crazy. He was coming off the bench. He was just a sharpshooter in college. Insane, like, insane, and he probably could be like arguably one of the top like three best players on that team, if not the second you, best player on the team. You could even say the best. Even the, the best playing even right now. Best. So, but uh, they got knocked out by Wisconsin. And I think it was shocking to some, and it was shocking to me at the time, but just looking at how much of a weight it must have been, because, I mean, let's face it, Kush, like, these guys are, like, 18, 19, 20 years old. Like, you could say, like, they're not thinking about the fact that they're undefeated. They're not thinking about the fact that they could potentially, you know, have an undefeated, perfect, never, you know, like, never been beaten season if they go ahead and just win every single game and get all the way to the the championship. But, but it's going to be lingering in the back of their heads. I mean, like the pressure is going to be on every single game for Gonzaga. So to me, the favorite, I like Baylor. I like Baylor just because of what they've done this entire season. They have a very nice bracket that they are in. I mean, not a whole lot of teams. I feel like, can match their intensity their guard play is phenomenal and you need good guard play in the tournament you need guys who can go ahead and get you a bucket one and you need guys that can just lock up on the defensive end and that's what Baylor does they do those two things very very well the only thing is is that I need them to not have the issue that they had against BYU a few years ago where they couldn't get a rebound but I mean <laughs> we gotta get a rebound the like, infamous Tory and Prince interview gotta get the rebound like that's that's just point blank period they gotta get the rebound if they get the rebounds if they finish at the you know bucket then Baylor, I feel like, is the favorite to win because they they check all the boxes for me. They can score, they can defend, and they cause you issues on both sides of the court everywhere you look around it. The only thing that, you know, I would probably say is, like, you know, whether it be COVID or, you know, they just have, like, an all-shooting night or something like that. But other than that, I feel like Baylor is the favorite. But the only thing is, is that they've never – been a number one seed in their history. The only, I think prior to this year, the, the highest seeding that they ever had was a number three. So can they handle being a top tier seed for the first time ever in school history, for the first time ever they're having this success? Can they take the success that they had in the regular season and the, the conference tournament and take that into the NCAA tournament? We'll have to wait and see. But I got them going to the championship at bare minimum. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to be basic here and I'm going to just go ahead and pick the favorites Gonzaga. I mean, they're undefeated for a reason and they've only played in one game this season that was decided by single digits. Every other game they have won by double digits, which is And they've in- beaten like all the top tier seeds in the bracket this right. year. Like, they've beaten all of them. Right. And I mean, the last time we've seen the team go undefeated the entire season was back in 1976, Indiana Hoosiers. So Gonzaga, they have weapons 
on their team. Corey Kispert uh, is averaging almost 20 a game and shooting. He's almost shooting 40, 50, 90. And in college to do that is unheard of. And then, you know, they got the top five pick in this upcoming draft in Jalen Suggs, who is insane. This like, dude could have been a quarterback and decided to be a basketball player. Like this dude out of Minihana, like unbelievable. He definitely, I, I you're right, Kush, top five player, top five pick potentially and the fact is that he hasn't even played his best basketball in my That's, opinion yeah like i'm that, waiting for him to have a job ja morant type game in this tournament where he just announces himself yeah i mean gonzaga has produced good nba players that we've seen but i don't know if they've ever had a star like jalen suggs like, i don't know and add him to kisper and drew timmy like all three of those guys are on the wooden awards watch list so <laughs> that's kind of insane to say and i mean the rest of the team they they fill out well fill out with being smart unselfish knowing their strengths and weaknesses basically what you want in a championship caliber team and to be honest, I don't think anyone in the NCAA can really keep up with Gonzaga. But the past few years, like I said before, they haven't been able to play up to expectations in the tournament. But I think this year they are able to achieve greatness and they win it all. So that's why I have Gonzaga. I mean, I'm, I'm biting my tongue when I say Gonzaga, but I really <laughs> think that they can do it. And I'm, I'm hoping they don't make me take my words back. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Let's stick on the subject of basketball. Let's talk about the NBA. We got the craziness about the hit in about a week or so, and that is an NBA trade deadline coming up on March 25th. And, you know, there's teams that are always trying to buy players, always looking at the buyout market, looking to, you know, move some picks for a guy that's going to move that needle to a contending team. So let's talk about some of those teams, the playoff teams that we think need to be uh, need to make trades to move that needle i'm gonna start first out in the west i think the clippers i think they need to trade for that facilitating point guard that can kind of come off the bench can really take the load off of Kawhi and pg and then i think teams like the lakers the mavericks and the warriors all need rim protecting big man that can get boards as well you're you're prototypical big man old school guy uh lakers we saw it last year when they had javel mcgee and dwight howard they were able to kind of hide anthony davis and kind of because he's his durability is a problem for him so they were able to not have him down low banging down there with the bigs so but they're definitely missing that this year Marcus all you can tell age is definitely caught up to him and then Montrez Harold he he's a great player offensively but I just don't think he can do it defensively so I don't know if he fits that like I don't know how he fits in like that's my thing I mean he dropped like what was it like th- uh 37 the other night uh, like he had like a high point total or yeah. something like that he, and i'm like he can do it on the offense he can do end. it like he can do it my thing is like how does he fit in as like when they're completely healthy where does this dude fit and i'm just like that's why when they signed him i'm like okay you got a guy off your rival but where's the fit at where do you yeah. plug this dude in i just don't it's like a puzzle piece i don't he's not he's not fitting in with this puzzle yeah, and then I think also the Nuggets. I need. I think they need a trade for a wing defender. Yeah, you're, you're seeing a big They're loss in that Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Grant. Yeah. yeah, so 
And then this is kind of a little under the radar, but I think the Suns, I think they need a scoring big man off the bench to when DeAndre Ayton goes to the bench. They don't really have that guy, Dario Saric. He's not really a big man, per se. I, I would say he's more of a wing stretch guy. Right. So, so that's why I think the Suns need more of a scoring big man who can get boards as well. In the Eastern Conference, I really only have two teams that – really need work and that's the nets need a true big man who can do the dirty work and then the celtics i think they need a better wing depth uh in that lineup what about you do you have any teams that you think need to be making trades i would more so just be pointing at uh the celtics to be honest with you as far as contending teams go because you look at the celtics in the current situation in the current state that they're in right now they're looking like a first round exit at best at best right now that's best like you over here got brad stevens like they're asking him about whether or not he's interested in taking the indiana job like like they're already like looking at like yo this season's over like y'all not winning so maybe you look at your next job so i'm like dang but i think they have to make a trade like they have to make a trade if they don't make a trade then that's going to make things very difficult in the eastern conference that just continues to get better and better like the Sixers have gotten, have gotten better, you could say. The Nets, 100%, with the additions of KD, Kyrie, and now James Harden, and the fact that they continue to just be the top-tier offense. We know that the Celtics cannot go toe-to-toe offensively with that team. But if you have someone like an Andre Drummond maybe banging down low, maybe that can cause some issues. Maybe that um, on the defensive end could maybe perhaps be at least a presence down low that leads a fast break or two with a block shot or something like that. Like that's a difference between the difference between an Andre Drummond and a ten, and a Daniel Tice is is humongous. It's 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 um it's huge, huge. So I'm like, it's not the this Daniel Tice. It's just he it, he's a serviceable big man. It's not that this um, uh, Thompson, Tristan Thompson, he's a serviceable big. If he's starting, well, he on can't. Team, he needs to stay on the court first. He cannot. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's, he's a serviceable he, big, but he's not a big. They don't have a legitimate big to be down low. It's like I feel like they have way. Too, like you, you're saying like they need to maybe add like a wing, a wing. But I feel like they have way too many wings. Like they have all. I don't these think guys they have a legit not, wing though, because yeah, not they, legit. But like they have all these guys that are like in between. They could be like a three, four, or five. Like okay. they have all these guys. Like let me let me bring up an wings. example. Well, yeah. first of all, I think with the Celtics, I do agree that they do need a big man. But I think wing depth is more of a need for them, just because. Okay. First of all, I think Robert Williams should be getting way more minutes. I think he's Absolutely. proved he's Absolutely. proved that he is should be the number one big man of that team. Um, I don't know why Brad Stevens limits his minutes so much when he's produced so much in those minutes. I think but- it's either like, cause before it used to be, he used to say like uh, a condition wise, like conditioning wise, it's the same reason why like Zion doesn't play like so many minutes is because conditioning, maybe he can't go up and down the court like for like over 30 plus minutes or something like that. Maybe that's, or also it could be just matchup wise. He just feels more comfortable with having, Tice or or well, your your record it. says otherwise. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So, but the reason why I say I want to bring an example is you look at the Clippers. You have Kawhi, you have Paul George, you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. But what have 
made the Clippers so good. I'm not going to say they're good right now because they're struggling, but at the beginning of the season, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, those wing guys that can attract at the corner uh, three-point line, like you just kick it out to them while Kawhi or PG are driving. Those guys have been so helpful tremendously, and even on the defensive end as well too. The, the Celtics don't have that. Grant Williams, he's not going to get it done. Like, who else do you have? You really have a lot of depth at point guard. You have Kemba, you have Marcus Smart, you have Peyton Pritchard. It's like you don't need all those point guards. You need more wings. I mean, keep one of those point guards, maybe two of them, but maybe it's time to move one of them and try to get real depth at that wing and get guys that can, you know, 3 and D guys basically is what I'm trying to say. That's really what the Celtics need, Um, especially in the Eastern Conference when you have to go up against guys like – Chris Middleton, Jimmy Butler. So it, it's definitely Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben, ben Simmons. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why I think the Celtics need better wing depth. And um, th- is there any other teams for you? Um, it was mainly just like, I feel like as far as contenders, it was the Celtics. But I mean, because like some would probably say that. Uh, the Bucks probably need to do something, but I'm like, what can they honestly do? What assets well, Bucks do they are getting have? Like, Bucks are getting hot at the right time, and plus, they are. The, Drew Holiday, he's been out for a long that's time. That's been so, I mean, that's been the the biggest thing is like he's been missed. He's missed time, so yeah. now that he's starting to get healthy again, you're starting to see. But my thing is, will his impact in the regular season translate into the playoffs? Because that's their whole thing. Right. It's like the regular season is cool that he's doing it. You love to see it as far as like building that confidence. But can he do it in the postseason? That is what is always time been. will tell. Exactly. We'll see. But uh, other teams, I would probably say in over in the West, um, you maybe look at like a team like uh, maybe like Portland or something like that or, or a team that's like fighting for a, a playoff spot. Maybe they need to make a move because now with the with the expanded playoffs, now it being like the, the all the way down to the 10th seed, you got teams that would normally be sellers heading into the deadline, potentially going to try to be buyers like a team like, you know, the Memphis and the team like uh, Portland. And like you said, Golden State, like those are going to be teams that are going to be trying to, you know, make a move that can potentially put them ahead of the other buying teams in the, uh, in that same category. And I feel like uh, Portland it's just been hit hard with injuries. Like they, they just, they just. I think, have, I think that's their big thing. That's just been the biggest thing. They, they just can't stay healthy. And it's but, like Dame's looking around, like, damn, like, what I do mean, I gotta do? Credit to Dame. They're still for real seed right now. Only two games out from the fourth seed. So I mean, that's what I'm saying. Anything can happen. And once they get their guys back, like CJ, he's back now. And then uh, Yusuf Nurkic when he comes back, we'll see. But who do you feel like is like a player that? teams need to like okay we need to get this guy well we're gonna get into that in a bit (laughs) stay tuned (laughs) let's talk about like you said you said teams that are maybe looking to trade away players what teams do you think are willing to sell players for picks because we've seen the thunder do it countless of times sam presti loves those draft picks you know that so what teams do you think are willing to trade pieces away uh i feel like Detroit might be looking to maybe get rid of uh maybe they 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 feel like they could maybe get something off of Jeremy Grant but I mean you did just you know splash the cash I've with- been I've been seeing those rumors I don't buy it I think those are just you know yeah that's what I mean. 
That's what I mean. Like he is playing well, but I mean, like, is a team gonna want to? It's gonna be expensive that contract. That's Damn. what I'm saying. Like, do you want that contract too? So, um, what's another team? That... Well, I'll give you some teams that I have. Maybe I Houston? think. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say the Rockets. Maybe Oladipo is expendable because I mean oh, you're yeah. really not playing for anything. You've lost 17 straight games. And so, unlike I mean, another Houston team, at least you have your first round pick. So I mean, it's not like <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you have to worry about anything. Like as far as not getting right. the top five pick potentially, if you start to all of a sudden just quote unquote tank. But I think I think they could trade Oladipo because I mean they are definitely losing. They they have no playoff hopes in my opinion, and Oladipo is going to want to walk. He's going to want to play for a contending team, so why not get something in return for Oladipo? And, and I, I feel like a lot of teams would try to go after a nice, like you said, wing guy like Oladipo, right? Who not even necessarily you have to start if you're like a a team like. You know, either the L.A. teams or either of the uh, New York, well, maybe Brooklyn, you know, but I don't know if Brooklyn has anything that they can like really give up at this point that Houston would really want. Um, maybe that even <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe even like uh, maybe even the Celtics try to make a, a run after him. I think I think another team is is the Magic's. I think they have a lot of assets that they definitely could trade. Yeah, you did say free food. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get into that in a bit. But let's talk about players that we think are gonna be moving, and let's talk about probably the hottest player on the market right now that we know for sure is moving, and that's Lamarcus Aldridge. And right now he's making 24 million dollars, and I. I'm thinking that a buyout's going to happen. I don't think any team's going to really trade for that contract. Maybe it's possible, but currently this season, he's having a rough season, averaging career lows since his rookie season in points and rebounds, a uh, little over 13 points a game and four and a half rebounds a game. Where do you think he lands, Corey? My heart would love to see him go back to Portland, but I feel like that's just way too much of a stretch. I, feel I think, I think we would also that, that was my first reaction when I first when I, <laughs> I first like, saw hey, that I was like Portland feels so good yep. go back go back to Portland bro but nah he's probably gonna want to go to a team where he can he knows he can probably have a better chance of getting a ring. Um, I was at first like I said I was thinking Portland. Then I was thinking like maybe he thinks going to the Eastern Conference would probably be like a better situation for him because think about it he could still get minutes if he decided to. You know, if it's a buyout and he decides to sign with a team like the Brooklyn Nets, who did, you know, who do still have like a roster spot available, I believe, like where they can maybe uh, take him on a veteran's minimum. Another score, though? I mean, hey, like you can never use too many scores. But oh my God. honestly, as far as like a trade, if uh, San Antonio was able to facilitate a, a trade, I would probably say it would probably be like maybe like uh Maybe like the Lakers or something like that, or or, or maybe even uh, they'd have to move a lot of pieces. Twenty four million dollars is a big, it's true big contract. Or, or or if he did did get bought out, it would probably either be L A teams would probably be the favorites to me. Absolutely, because for me, with the Clippers, he he could still probably get much get some playing time. You have him and Ibaka, man, that would be such a great combination to go to. 
For me, I have three teams. I have one that I like the most, which I'm going to get into, but I have the Phoenix Suns. I have the Boston Celtics. I think they can actually trade for him because they have that Gordon Hayward $28.5 million trade exception. That's so they, that, that basically can match up the contract, and I think the Celtics could get that. And then the Miami Heat, uh, they have a injury exception. Um, so I think if he is bought out, the Miami Heat might be looking to get him because I think he could definitely help that Heat team. But for me, I think my favorite spot for him is Phoenix Suns. He, but it would only be on the buyout market. That's how he'd have to get on that team. He won't be asked to do so much, but I think he can come off the bench and be an instant spark off that bench. And I think he would. So the, the, the reason why I think he's struggling so much is because he's shooting career highs in three-point attempts. He's averaging over three and a half three-pointers, and that's just not his game. He's tried to revolutionize it to to make him a, a stretch four but it just really hasn't worked in his favor and i think chris paul we all talk about him and how he's just an amazing player and he he brings the best out of players and i think he'll have the ability to somewhat turn help aldridge turn back the clock and i think lamarcus aldridge he could even help mentor a guy like deandre Ayton and help polish him in the post in the mid-range shooting and that could work wonders for the phoenix suns um and I think out of the teams I mentioned, I think the Suns have the best chance of winning it all out of those guys between the Heat, Celtics, and the Suns currently. Maybe you could say the Heat, but that they they definitely need to get healthy first. Um, so that, that's why I'm saying the Suns. I think they could definitely use another scoring big man off the bench because, I don't know, I'm just not a big fan of Dario Saric. I don't think he can get it done. Um, or Frank Kaminsky. I, I just don't think so. I think they need a, a vet, true veteran guy alongside Chris Paul who has playoff experience and help this young team um, move the needle to contenders. I mean, L.A., Chris Paul, man, that would be that would be a nice – that would be two veteran guys that you look at that you would love to have as far as, like you said, a, a young team but also a team that's in that conversation to not only make the playoffs but to maybe even try to – push the push the uh, two LA teams and try to get to the finals this year. But if, if they can get LaMarcus Aldridge, I think they'd have a perfect mis- mix of young players and veterans. Cause you got Jay Crowder on that team too, who has ample playoff experience as well too. All right, let's get to what Corey was talking about players that we think are going to move. Cause if you look at back at last season, they had some key players traded before the trade deadline, starting off with Jordan Clarkson from the Cavaliers to the jazz. We see how well that trade is paying off right now. Marcus Morris went from the Knicks to the Clippers. That's a big payout. And then we had the big trade, Andrew Wiggins and D'Angelo Russell trade where the Timberwolves and the Warriors swapped players and the Warriors got an extra first round pick and then Andre Iguodala, a little under the radar. He went from the Grizzlies to the Heat. And then we had the Clint Capella, Robert Covington, Malik Beasley trade. And then the Andre Drummond trade from the Pistons to the Cavs. So, I mean, as you can see, trade deadline in the NBA pops off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and it's with players that aren't even rumored to be in the trade deadline. So, who do you think are some players that could definitely be moved at the trade deadline? Kyle Lowry um, over in uh, Toronto, for sure. I feel like he's – I feel like they're not going to re-sign him. That's that's the thing. It's like they already have shown that with them uh, giving Fred Van Fleet that huge payday. So by them doing that, 
I already saw like, okay, like Lowry's a nice, solid uh, guard, but Fred Van Fleet is clearly the Raptors' future. So what that means is that they are either they they should either move him and not just let him walk in free agency because that's more than likely going to happen. So I would say like if I'm a team like maybe even the 76ers, you, you would, I mean, I, I know they love Maxi. I know they love Maxi. They love Maxi. They love Maxi. But I mean, like Kyle Lowry, you're talking about playoffs. Kyle Lowry has been in the playoffs. He's won, he's won a title. Like he won, he's won a title. Now you can actually say that. And it's not a joke. Like Kyle Lowry has won an NBA championship. He's been to the finals. He knows what it takes. So, I mean, you add that along the two guys who some might say are the two knuckleheads, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, like they're playing well this year, but the playoff success has not been there. And they've run into several times where it's not been the fact that the other team has necessarily been better than them. It's just been the fact that they have just fumbled, stumbled and gotten each other's way. So, I mean, they've had some bad luck, you could say, like throughout their, their tenure with each other. But like I said, you get a guy from a team in Toronto and you're able to, you know, get him back because he was Kyle Lowry. I think people forget but Kyle Lowry used to play with several different teams around the league, <laughs> including the 76ers. So you bring him back. He is a Philly native. Uh, I feel like that would be a nice little pickup for them. Another team that I feel like should just like be open for business to just sell everybody <laughs> is their Orlando Magic. At this point, it's time to just say, look, it's time to rebuild officially. It's not it's no longer time to just be a, a middle of the line team. Like, cause Orlando, I feel like what's the identity? Like they've been rolling the ball out with the same old guy. Like, That's their identity year after year after year. And I'm like, where is this going? Nowhere. Like you have a okay team. They're not bad and they're not good. You're in the worst position. Like you're, you have no chance of getting better and you have, and you should be trying to potentially get worse and just start the rebuilding process. So uh, I mean, people pr- were, were saying that they should maybe get rid of Vucevic. I don't know. How please, high a, please. I don't know how high of a possibility that is. Aaron Gordon, they should say he should be on the chopping block. Jonathan Isaac as well. But I, I honestly feel like uh, if they were going to move anybody, it would more than likely be uh, one of Aaron Gordon or, or Vucevic. I'm I'm right there with you. First, first off, I'm going to go back to the Kyle Lowry thing. I agree that they are going to try to move him, but it's going to be awfully hard with that $30 million contract trying to help match up salaries and everything. That's going to be definitely a tough job for. It would probably have to be like a three-team deal or something like that. Yeah, it, it would have to be. Um, and then with Vucevic, honestly, I'm praying that he gets traded. And I really, really, really like the Golden State Warriors, if they can try to go get a guy like Vucevic, you know, if you have Andrew Wiggins, you can somewhat try to match up the contracts. Hey, I and mean, you have you that, did. you have that Minnesota pick that you got in that trade too. And Minnesota has a worse record in the league right now. So, I mean, that is a very valuable pick. And I think rather than trying to save it and draft someone with it, they should go get a bona fide star already in Vucevic. And plus, I mean, it would be a great way for, young Wiseman to develop you know more so he's had some sparks here and there but I feel like I think he needs a season or two because he's still you can definitely see the immaturity in him yeah like he still needs he still has a little bit of a ways to go before you can say he's a legit NBA player which I mean these guys are still young and 
I, I, I can't imagine, you know, your NBA career playing in COVID. Like, that must be right, just, right. like, the worst thing ever. <laughs> but overall, I, I feel like he could definitely use some some uh, some nourishment as far as, like, playing behind a guy. Because, I mean, he's gotten that. You can see, like, Draymond Green is helping him along. Stephen Curry, the, the veterans of the squad are helping. But I think it also does help to sit on the bench because you also get – you know, some veteran experience. We see in other sports with backup, with uh, quarterbacks being able to, you know, get better as far as being, and also motivate you and motivate you. You got your starting spot yanked from you. Like you're, you, this dude is a starter right now. And if Vucevic comes in through the door, it's like, you're on the bench now, buddy. <laughs> so, so it's, it's motivating. So, I mean, at least that with at least maybe fire, light a fire under his ass. Cause I mean, like the biggest thing with Wiseman is like, he hasn't acted like, like mean like i want to see this guy get mean i want to see him get mad i want to see him like you know try to bully people like i mean i wish he had that that same sort of like ferociousness that zion has like zion is you know like like off the off the court he's like a lovable giant but on the court the man is just a beast like he's scary like i need wiseman like if you're a warriors fan you need wiseman to have that same sort of mentality like i'm trying to dunk on everybody get them you know what out of my way so that's that's what you hope like would happen if you traded for him. But like you said, like the, the trade exception with the uh, the Celtics, that would be very intriguing because there's a number of ways that they can go with that. Like, you know, I mentioned Jeremy Grant, but the Kings, they should probably be sellers with Harrison Barnes. And I mean, Harrison Barnes would be a very solid overall wing player that would relieve a lot of stress off the shoulders of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who is notorious remembered for (laughs) bricking it up in that 2016 NBA finals. But since then, the man has been a underrated player. Like he's just been on, you know, teams where he has solidly just been a, a, a good all around NBA player. Like whether it was in Dallas or now in Sacramento, Harrison Barnes is solid to me. I feel like he's one of those guys that, is going to come into a team. He's not going to make any sort of uh, uh, headlines. He's not going to be any sort of, uh, you know, bad karma or bad chemistry in the in the locker room. He's a guy that just goes about his business, gets it done on and off the court. And he's a dude that I feel brings a winning mentality and has knowledge of winning. And I think he's – but the only thing is I feel like he's been stuck in these losing situations so long that I think he needs to come out of that. And what better way than with the Boston Celtics. So Danny Ainge, I mean, get on the phones, man. Let, let, let Sacramento know you're interested. I can definitely see that Harrison Barnes thing. I will say he is underrated, but he's definitely overpaid. So I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess they cancel (laughs) out what you will. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think a big name that has definitely been swirling around is PJ Tucker. I think teams like the Milwaukee Bucks could mm. use him. Uh, you know, teams like maybe the the Celtics could use him. So I definitely see a lot of teams um being interested in PJ Tucker. And then we're talking about bigs and a lot of teams in the Western Conference needing a true backup big. How about JaVale McGee? I think JaVale <laughs> McGee could have a reunion with the Lakers again, or even if the Mavericks don't want to go or they strike out with uh, Andre Drummond, they can go JaVale McGee as well too. And then another name in uh, talking about guards, I think Terry Rozier and George Hill, two guys that, well, first of all, Terry Rozier having a career year, 
I think a team like the Clippers and nobody will amazing. ever talk about it because LaMelo is playing Charlotte. Right. And that's the worst thing ever. Like I'm having a career year putting up career numbers. And it's like, LaMelo, look at that handshake. Come LaMelo ball. Look at that pass. Yeah. I mean, unless you got Terry Rozier on your fantasy team, you're not really seeing what he's doing. Cause he's not been hooping this season. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely, on KD. I I definitely see a team like the Clippers maybe trying to shake it up and try to trade for a guy like Terry Rozier because they could that would definitely be beneficial for them. Or if not Terry Rozier, then a guy like George Hill, who I mean is really not a part of the Thunder's future at all. So I mean, hey, if you're the Thunders, let's get another pick. Why not? Let's get another pick. Let's bring George Hill in and definitely do that. And then some bigger names. How about John Collins? I think John Collins, he has been hooping. You think, you think Atlanta's going to move him finally? I mean, there's been so many rumors that that could happen. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors. And you're not – I mean, if you pay him, that's going to be kind of ridiculous seeing what you gave Golinar, you gave Bogdanovich. Uh, you have Oneko Kongwu over there too. So, I mean, they have a lot of people that could fill up that power forward spot. So, it's like, why are you going to throw the bag at John Collins? I definitely think he's worth it. But then at that point, if you're Atlanta, why did you sign all those other guys as well that are taking up so much cap room when that could have been utilized somewhere else? So I think they definitely get their money's worth with uh, John Collins in terms of trade value. And I think a contending team could try to get John Collins because right now he's still in his rookie contract. So it's possible that, you know, a contending team definitely goes after John Collins. And then, like I said, the Thunder, again, maybe they go, they get assets and they flip them like Al Horford, a team that need big man. Maybe he gets a reunion with the Boston Celtics, like you're saying, they needed a big man. So maybe they get Al Horford, but that contract is hideous. So it's going to be really tough to trade him, like you were saying, with Kyle Lowry. One last guy that uh, teams will definitely be on the phones trying to get, J.J. Redick in New Orleans. Mm. I feel like... You need a shooter. You need some added scoring, maybe off the bench or some depth. Uh, maybe a team like Milwaukee, like they missed that on Bogdanovich in free agency. JJ Reddick going to Milwaukee would be by far the biggest thing that they could have asked for. I mean, because that you can't you can't just plug up the middle with Giannis. You have to now be legitimately scared about him kicking out to the three-point line because I feel like with Giannis you have to do a similar thing with Giannis you have to do with with uh with LeBron is that you have to be able to surround this man with shooters and I feel like J.J. Redick as much as people kind of like you know or you know it's like it's kind of weird like people are high on J.J. Redick some people think he's washed I think he still got it in the tank to be able to knock down a shot when need be and I feel like he would be a guy that you would look at and be like, hey, let's go out and get him if I'm Milwaukee. Because, like I said, you missed it on Bogdanovich. Had they had Bogdanovich, then a lot of people would have been like, yo, like him, Drew, like this team is looking scary. And then if you now look at them with J.J. Redick, this team's looking scary, yo. Like I feel like they would have that shooter and they would have that that depth that, that legitimately would put them in consideration to where they have both the defensive end going and they have the offense to contend with any team in the East. Yeah. And I mean, they definitely lost that in Kyle Corver that they had last year. So yeah, JJ Reddick could definitely help them out. And last person I do want to say, since you brought up the Pelicans is either Lonzo ball or Eric Bledsoe. I think two of those guys are expendable because 
Lonzo Ball especially, he's a great player that a lot of teams can use, and he's hitting the free agent market, and I don't know if the Pelicans are necessarily going to spend money to try to get him because I think he's going to be asking for a lot of money. Yeah. And Eric Bledsoe is – he's still under contract for, I think, another two, three years. So, I mean – But it's a good – it's a solid contract. Like, it's a very team-friendly deal. Like, it's not yeah. Like, yeah. But I just think those two guys – kind of mimic each other in the way yeah, they so, play yeah, they, if you're the it, pelicans it, you don't need both of them so exactly them so go. why not why not get value for one or the other so yeah it'll be interesting to see like what the pelicans do because i mean especially jj reddick i mean he he's used to making the playoffs and last and season he, he only missed once yeah. in his entire career and that was so, last season that's one of the reasons why i said like he would be a guy that would want to get on a legitimate playoff team and with New Orleans, they're still in that situation where they're still trying to fight to get into the playoff conversation. So I think that he would definitely be a guy who would be vying for a move come deadline time. So, yeah. It'll, It'll be, be interesting. You always know that. the NBA debt trade deadline pops off. So Crazy. Like the rumors, like if y'all don't have Woj notifications turned on on Twitter on deadline day, what are you doing? Like Shams and Woj – notifications will be turned on and it's going to be crazy to see the chaos that ensues it definitely will be but that's going to wrap it up for this episode a lot of basketball we're talking about but that's because it's march it's madness it's going on we're going to see we have a oh i can't wait for march madness ncaa tournament um and you know we got nba season starting to wind down as well too uh cory any last words we got also got nfl free agency that's Stay going on we're that. gonna be talking about that soon we're gonna be talking about that very soon a lot of teams making a lot of different moves mlb season starting as well too yeah in two weeks to bill belichick over there in new england and rubbing his hands like bird man letting it rain with the money <laughs> yes sir and make sure y'all are following us on social media at the underscore nosebleeds that's k-n-o-w-s bleeds on twitter on instagram the nosebleeds and on facebook look up the nosebleeds podcast apple music or sorry apple podcast i said apple music's last time too i gotta correct myself <laughs> apple podcast if you like what you're listening to shoot us five star rating and write us a review if you're feeling generous other than that we out deuces